It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that safe. Hey, here we are again, right here on the other side of Texas. Folks, have you ever heard the term, unmet expectations or premeditated resentment? Going to get into a little bit of, of that old notion and see how it's coming to bear as we roll along. Rolling along with Jay West, Texas Leeson. Right here in the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash. Five years running. Check out one of their five convenient locations across the Hub City. Uh, best wash guaranteed. Racerwash.com. I keep thinking about that five, five, five. My Charlie just turned five. You know, the best thing you can do for a kid at Christmas time is give them a box, a big box. And whatever you spend a bunch of money on, uh, they'll play with the box a lot longer. And then they'll play with that other thing for about three months. And uh, and then it just goes into the big pile of, of other toys. Charlie wanted a... Um, I put the video up on my Twitter and Facebook. I think we retweeted it through the show. He wanted a Hulk that could smash a cake in his little head. He tur- just turned five. Five convenient locations across hub city five years running charlie just turned five brings this to mind he wanted a hulk that in his mind there was a hulk that a robotic hulk that could smash a cake and i had to tell him i couldn't find anything like that and this is the box equivalent of birthday gifts we just went and got him a big old foot tall incredible hulk and charlie we got got him a little cake and charlie everybody sang him happy birthday and then he raised the incredible hulk way up high and brought it down on the cake one two and after the second time i said okay okay because i didn't want the plate to bust up in the cousin's eyes and go everywhere yeah he brought he brought incredible hulk down four times on that cake five-year-old little charlie um lots of scoop we're going to stick with the Texas Tech coaching search for for a bit of the program today. We've got our friend Chris Level is going to be on Red Raider Sports. That's what I've been logging on to all day long. Those guys are on top of it. Enjoy their insights. I uh, I will say that I don't swerve out of my lane into the coaching search thing. Uh, my lane is the politics, but politics is what makes organizations and institutions work. It's... Um, it's the power, it's the movement, um, and the practice in many ways of an institution organization. That's my intrigue in the coaching search, is to look at where power is, where it's going, and who's in control, who's not, and what's going on behind the scenes. And because Texas Tech football is such a big part of West Texas, I spend the time that I do on it. Uh, and whether or not you're a sports nut or not, I hope that you enjoy the coverage that we give. Uh, level coming up here in about 10 minutes from now. And then our friend Sarah Self-Warbrick. It's been a long time since we did a Rager Gate 
update here on the program, uh, but we're going to have Sarah Self Warbrick on. And how long has it been since we heard that Rager Gate audio? Um, not the audio of, yeah, that right there. Sarah Self Warbrick coming up. Um, but the thing that I want to get into immediately is into the unmet expectations or premeditated resentment. Kirby Hocutt had a presser on Monday in which he talked about elite. And look, I'm going to say this about Kirby Hocutt. Now, I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. I think he's the most powerful official in Lubbock, Texas, that, and maybe for a large part of the region. I think that he has proven himself. Those who went and nabbed him from Miami have proven their salt. Over the, I, I would have never thought that, you know, it was a long ways off eight years ago when we didn't have two dimes to rub together. But now we have eight football tickets and we've got six basketball tickets, men's basketball tickets, um, and that that's a budget priority now speaks to Kirby Hocutt, especially the basketball end. Um, so. But Kirby Hocutt said something in his press conference, and it was that word elite. We're going to be elite. And whenever people think about elite, they may think along the lines of Notre Dame and Ohio State, Urban Meyer, uh, Nick Saban in Alabama. Um, I, I don't believe that anybody heard him say the words elite and thought, well, we're going to get Nick Saban. But they did think, hey, maybe that Bob Stoops thing is a possibility. Maybe we are going to go get a Holgerson or a Leach. Or, and then, you know, as I played yesterday on the program, it turns out that Matt Wells is the choice. And I I greatly regard Kirby Hillcutt, but I think that he set himself up here to have to explain to the Tech fan base why they should take a name that a lot of people say who now what was his name again that's going to be a problem and it is a growing problem i can tell you firsthand you know throughout the course of regent gate and in the contacts and just that has grown over time my text messages right now a lot of people really disappointed at this hour not decided whether or not tech has made a formal offer to Matt Wells, but plenty of press today that Matt Wells is the guy. And again, that may be a smoke flare. I don't know. That may be a smoke screen. Excuse me. Matt Wells may well be a smoke screen. But if it's not a smoke screen, I'll also say this, guys. Listen, just hear me out. You know, in 2000, a lot of us didn't know the name Mike Leach, knew that he was an up and coming offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, had been there for a year. But a lot of us, you know, I remember listening to Mike Leach's first, first press conference. And we really need to pull that audio because I remember he made some analogy to hyenas taking down prey and it made no sense. But it was our first, our first debut of Mike Leach um, without the swagger at that point, but still with the mind that he had and just raving on like he was doing. Um, but the Matt Wells things has, has, listen, there's a lot of acrimony out there right now about this. And maybe unmet expectations, 
uh, on what the coaching search would come up with. But I can tell you from high-level donor sources that have reached out to me, this is not a good situation right now. Um, And this may be the reason by the time you hear about a finalist, you begin to get a lot of pylon and the university sooner or later making a statement and you're not hearing that because there's a lot of behind the scenes acrimony with Matt Wells and um, that's what's going on right now and I can tell you that I definitively know that a meeting was arranged between Kirby Hocutt who by the way is probably top five finest athletics directors in the country but a meeting was arranged for Hocutt and Dana Holgerson coach at West Virginia former coach at assistant coach at Texas Tech uh, meeting was arranged in uh, Atlanta and Kirby Hocutt declined and Don Williams and others have reported uh, what I'm telling you now but I'm giving you the location um declined to make that meeting uh, to meet with Dana Holgerson and again we're all just underneath this term elite right now and how that plays uh, doesn't sit well with a lot of folks Um, something I hope that will sit well with you while I'm thinking about it we're going to have Chris Level a pre-recorded interview here in just a moment we recorded this this morning before he left for Miami our friend with Red Raider Sports, and I've got a whole screen on my big, big A Money Money Mac in front of us in the studio to see what's going on on Red Raider Sports, making sure that we give it to you firsthand if anything comes up in the coaching search while we're live. But last night we sat down to record the intro to the song, a new intro, a custom intro by our friend Weston Taylor, by a friend that I would call Weston Guitar Taylor. I want you to take a listen to it. I think it I think it hits the uh, brand of the program and what we're after here. A different sound, a country slash different sound, a kind of a rave on sound. I want you to listen to it and tell me what you think. 806-745-5800. That's 806-745-5800. Check it out. This is our debut right here. New theme song. On the other side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it. They don't love it. They say we're all wrong. But on the other side of Texas, halls, we roll along. Got a little prairie populist feel to it. They say that we're all wrong. Man, I like it. I like it a lot. Also, like advertisers of this program, your thoughts on our new intro song. I may play it at the end of the program, too, because I really am interested in your thoughts on it. But for now, about 90 seconds, and we'll get in with Chris Level and the coaching search from somebody who knows it better than anybody, and that's Chris Level, RedRaiderSports.com. See you in about 90 seconds from now. Cross that old Red River, this is what I saw. Brian texting in, love the new intro, and love hearing the Rager Gate music again. 
maybe the Rager Gate should be the intro music. I don't know. One thing that I will say is that uh, what you're about to hear is a pre-recorded interview. Of course, Chris Level, busy, RedRaiderSports.com, love it. You can find me there, Leeson, TTU, on that website where I post from time to time and uh, respond from time to time and uh, just hang out with a lot of Red Raider fans. Uh, but he also does sidelines with uh, the basketball team. The basketball team headed down to Miami, and they're going to play Memphis. He and I are about to talk about that in this pre-recorded interview. I do call him David Yost, by the way. And that's one intriguing part. Let me just say this. A lot of thinking is that what Kirby Hocutt wants to do right now is what we've done since Mike Leach is tried to stick with some semblance of Mike Leach. And it was, I love how my voice cracks like I'm a 12-year-old again. Um, What we did with Neil Brown, they ran the NASCAR offense, a different version of Air Raid under Tommy Tuberville. Or at least tried. And, uh, and Neil, that's no knock on Neil Brown. A lot of people really like Neil Brown, and, and I'm, I'm in that camp. But they called it NASCAR. But the thinking is that he just breaks away altogether and starts his own tree. His own, maybe, Matt Wells tree, as it were. Um, but within that, there's a misnomer in that it's... It's not, I don't want to say this, part of Matt Wells' success has been a guy named David Yost, who I struggle with in the audio that you're about to hear, I call him Yost, Uh, but David Yost, Y-O-S-T, and David Yost was an inside receivers coach for three years with Mike Leach at Washington State, so... The leech factor is still hanging over, uh, but with all that said, want to get in with, and he's, we didn't know this morning whenever we recorded whether or not um, our friend Chris Level was going to be uh, outdated, but it seems like there is a lot of, a lot of, uh, they're kind of waiting to do the whole formal announcement that this is our sole finalist. That's not come yet because of the pushback from donors that I just told you about. Um, But with that, still timely, so we're going to go to it now. The uh, Chris Level Red Raider Sports interview that we pre-recorded. Here it is. Enjoy. And for all things Texas Tech Sports, we turn to our guy, Chris Level, RedRaiderSports.com. Level, have you even slept in the past few days? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's uh, th- th- these are tricky as you try to maneuver your way through uh, information and misinformation and all those things. And uh, I think the good thing is that there's obviously a lot of passion with this fan base and, and a lot of opinion and all that. But, uh, yeah, coaching searches are, are fun, but then they're not, if, if that makes sense. But uh, we've all been through this before, but uh, uh, not much sleep, no. How uh, grateful do you think Kirby Hokut is that he's got such a knowledgeable fan base to uh, give him direction at every turn? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, th- that. That, but that's what you that's what you want. You, you don't want you, you want fan bases that have an opinion that have a 
uh, that are passionate because if, if there was none of that and none of that opinion pointed toward Kirby Hokut, he, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't have a chance to put a lot of people in the stadium on on Saturday afternoons and things like that. So, but yeah, that's uh, um, lots of opinions about this hire certainly, uh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, he has tried his best. You know, basically, I'm using his words here. He just tried to not not listen to any of the noise good or bad or indifferent or, or whatever and he's just trying to, to make the best hire that he can uh, for the football program so you and i when folks hear this live on the radio i think that you'll either be in route or on the ground in miami with the basketball team um so that to say we're recording at about 10 o'clock in the morning here on thursday morning uh, com checking in, and it looks like it's looking more and more like there's a, a decision being made, as you and I are discussing right now. Tell us about Matt Wells and uh, what he brings to the table at Tech. Yeah, and that, I mean, that, that appears to be the way this is, is uh, heading as, as you and I speak right now. Uh, Utah State's... Uh, Head coach Matt Wells appears to be a front runner. Um, uh, at the time that we're talking, I don't think anything has been agreed to or is done, but it, it, it may be close, um, whether that's later today or tomorrow. But um, you know, he's the Mountain West Coach of the Year, ten and two uh, this past year. I think many people have kind of looked and tried to identify everything they could about him because I think that's the tricky part for for Tech and for Kirby is that he's a complete unknown to, to the fans here that they don't know anything about. Matt Wells and where he's been and you know what he looks like and what his personality is and all those things and so there'll be an education process if he ends up being the uh, the new head coach here on just kind of who he is how he's wired and what he's about but uh, he's been at Utah State for about five years that's his alma mater um, he's got uh, you know a high-powered offense and they they kind of run more of a spread run type of offense a lot of screen game a lot, lot of but a lot, lot of run game that takes some shots down the field it's very similar to what tech fans see here that they're they're pretty good on defense um you know and and those will be the questions that people want to know if he ends up being the hire is like well who does he surround himself with he bring his his entire staff does he have because you know kirby talked a lot about needing to be able to recruit the state of texas and there's not a lot of folks that are on his current staff that have any ties to the state of texas and that that part is tricky so this is similar to matt rule at uh at baylor which he had no ties to the state of texas and he went and hired several high school coaches and people that were very familiar with the situation here in the state to, and surrounded himself with it which he got some great advice you know and and so th- that may be kind of the blueprint here i don't i don't know i can't i can't speak to that just yet but that that'll be kind of what what the task will be going forward is, is he tries to because that that'll be his first task is trying to keep his recruiting class intact keep the current players on the roster intact and and it'll all happen very quickly for whoever it gets the job if, if it's if it's not Wells or somebody else. Yeah. Uh, again, we're speaking on Tuesday morning. The level's always out in front of this stuff. Um, if you're listening live on the radio, this interview happened oh, about uh, seven hours ago. Uh, <laughs> Wells, if it is Wells, tell us a little bit about David Yost. Is, am I saying his name right? Is it Yost or Yost? Uh, it's it's Yost. Yeah, okay. he he was previously at at, at Missouri. Um, I think he's uh, he's a bright bright offensive mind. I think very well respected. 
Um, and and he, you know, he's the offensive coordinator. I think uh, Coach Wells' brother actually is on that staff too, and he coaches running backs and tight ends, uh, Luke Wells. So um, I, I would assume that that would be something that uh, Matt Wells would be interested in and in bringing some of those types with him, his brother, obviously, and, and then Coach Yost. But I can't, you know, we'll just kind of have to see. I mean, does he have a different plan? Does he have a different thought? It's pretty clear, though, that whatever he said to Kirby and President Skuvenick throughout this process that at some level he, he set the bar high and it was going to be tough to – for somebody else to beat him, uh, you know, but I, I just, I can't, I, I don't know uh, why, why they latched on to Coach Wells as much as they did, and we'll, we'll all find out together, but uh, that, that part is, is I'm, I'm very fascinated by because it's pretty clear that uh, he, he was sold on this as a candidate because even if Coach Wells doesn't get the job, he, he remains heavily in the mix until the very end of this deal and, and he may in fact be the, be the next head coach but I mean that th- whatever they heard from him they certainly liked yeah and I don't know anything about Yost other than pictures I've seen we do a lot of raving on on this program level and <laughs> and I've seen pictures of Yost and he looks like a hybrid you like of that? You like that Dana, yeah, Dana Holgerson yeah. and Jimmy Buffett um, well I'm, it, it, I'm all about people it say that yeah, he said some people looked. He looked like uh, the, the haircut from like one of the guys, Lloyd Christmas, in the Dumb and Dumber one, where he's kind of the bull haircut. So yeah, who knows? But he, he he's a he's a sharp guy. I just don't pretend to to really know much. That that that's the part about this hire though that I'm fascinated by too, because it, it appears that Kirby just wanted to completely get away from the. Uh, I don't know if I want to say like the tech family or the air raid family or whatever, because this is a clean break from from any past link to anything of the air raid era here, and that that'll be the first time, you know, so uh, that that's happened. So that's that that part is is somewhat fascinating, and that may be on purpose too, for all I know. Yeah, uh, let's talk about somebody with Texas ties for just a moment. There is a lot of talk about Kingsbury and USC. Uh, you go yeah, to USC and you're Kingsbury, you know Texas really well. Yeah, you know, and Cliff, is uh, he's currently out in Los Angeles from what I understand. I think that's his job if he wants it. I, I, I do expect him to – Wow. Uh, I, I, w- I would expect him to take that. I, I don't know that that's, like, done. But I think that that, that is – again, it's his if he wants it. And um, I, I think, you know, I, I'd always said, and I kind of knew that from knowing Cliff like I did, that – Wherever he was going to go with his next stop, it was going to be somewhere in warm weather. I mean, that's just like, you know, Florida, California, whatever. And, and so that, that part fits. Um, and, you know, he, he, I think he's got some familiarity with Coach Helton, uh, who's the head coach at USC from their time at Houston. Uh, I, I don't know if they were ever there together, but uh, Clay Helton had passed through the University of Houston at times. And I think when Cliff was the offensive coordinator at Houston, uh, Coach Helton was at Memphis, and they played against each other at times. And so – uh, but yeah, I, I think that's probably uh, likely uh, to happen and again if that's if that's what Cliff wants to do. And I think he's got some other options too. But it, that, it seems to be pointing that way. Yeah, up the NFL way, I have a hard time believing that after we've all sat back and watched Mahomes Day night football and everything else this season with with Patrick Mahomes, that the NFL is not intrigued with the idea of bringing Cliff on as as an advisor at role at least to finish off the season. And then as an OC, uh, some job uh, coming up after the season. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think Cliff is certainly intrigued by the NFL. At some point, he's going to he's going to go that route. Uh, I, I think I think that that that's just kind of one of those uh, things that he'll want to do before he stops coaching. And uh, there's a lot of interest in him from an NFL standpoint, but it appears that for the immediate, he may in fact uh, stay in college at USC. Yeah. Okay, so let's switch over to uh, the round ball for a minute. And uh, you're headed to Miami. Tell us about what's going on with the team in Miami. Yeah, the the, the Red Raiders will be playing uh, Memphis uh, 1.30 uh, at the American Airlines uh, Arena. Uh, they're the home of the Miami Heat uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, and, and obviously, Anthony Hardaway, who played for the Orlando Magic and and all that uh he's now the head coach at memphis and so it's another neutral uh neutral site game for the red raiders and Mm -hmm. it's a game that they'll be the texas tech will be favored to win uh and it's you know again these are good opportunities to kind of show these kids different parts of the country and uh and all that and try to get a nice uh a nice win in in the meantime which they were able to do that in kansas city last week which is now why they're ranked in the top 25 because they took care of business in kansas city but this will be another Opportunity because then there's obviously one more of those looming in, in New York City versus Duke uh, in about two or three weeks too. But yeah, uh, yeah Memphis is uh, yeah yeah be be fun be fun times. So have you been to the Garden before? Yes, I have. Okay. I have. Have you the called garden. a game yeah. at the Garden? No, you know we were out there at uh, Seton Hall last year and played and lost that game, but I did not make that trip. I was still doing some football, I think related stuff mm. at the time. Uh, but the Red Raiders uh, went out to to the garden last year and played in an Under Armour event, uh, played Seton Hall. And that was the only non-conference loss that they, uh, that they had. So is this a trip? This time. Is this a trip where the level family's going? Is everybody in for this trip? <laughs> no, my, my, now for, for Miami, no, but I, I, my, no, no, my no. I'm talking about, and, I'm talking about Madison square garden. Dude. Okay. Yeah. My, my wife and kids and my parents are making that trip separately nice. from me. I'll be going with the, but they're, they're going to go out there and, uh, my in-laws are going. I think a lot of tech fans and 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 whatnot are going to make that trip out there. Obviously, New York's a fun time around Christmas time, so yeah, uh, should be fun. But it's it's and, and that's a deal. We've seen what Duke has been able to do so far. That's one of those deals for Texas Tech. It's kind of a free spin of the wheel. You know, if you go and compete and win, you're going to get a lot of praise and accolades, and deservedly so. And if you lose that game. That, that was the expectation, and, and you know, you're not going to get hammered for, for a loss there, if that makes sense. Like, it'll be a good loss is the way that this stuff will get factored in. Uh, but uh, but Chris Beard will have his guys ready for Memphis and we'll have them ready for Duke, and we'll just kind of see what happens. So I look up, and there's this new thing called net rankings, and Texas Tech men's basketball is number three. What is a net ranking level? They used to uh, the NCAA used to use what they called RPI, Ratings Power Index. Mm-hmm. It had all these different metrics in, involved with it. This is basically the newer version of that. They want to know, you know, again, did did you win? Uh, how bad did you win? Where was this game played? And and they weight different. They weight it differently if you win away from home versus if you do at home by how much you win by. All of these things. It's just kind of a formula where they, they put a lot of different metrics into this deal, and it gives them a pretty good indication on, on what teams are really getting done out there because not everybody plays everybody, right? And everybody's got different non-conference schedules, and some tested each other more than others. But bottom line is, yeah, you want to be ranked really high in this deal, and right now Texas Tech is. 
and it speaks to what they were able to do in Kansas City because the reason the rank's so high is because how good USC had been and continues to be in the same with Nebraska. Uh, and so the, the, the crazy thing is, is, see, Memphis is not having a very good year. They're 3-3, three and three, I think, coming into this game. And their RPI kind of number was going to be around the 200s. So this will kind of actually hurt you uh, when you play them from a number standpoint. Uh, that's just again that when you schedule teams, you do do it months and months in advance. You mm-hmm. kind of have a feel for what they are. But uh, Memphis could in fact hurt your her your uh, ranking and all that, even if you do win the game. I, I think I'm making sense there. Uh, yeah, was this game scheduled while Tubby was still at Memphis? No, this was actually scheduled. I want to say in the last six to nine months. This is fairly recent. Yeah, they put this together uh, either last spring, last summer, as they start. And, and basketball schedules are very, very different than uh, than, than football. When you get you know, these non-conference games in football, scheduled for you know a decade out, it seems like now that's kind of the way it goes. But basketball is pretty much a year-to-year deal. Now Tech will have a pretty good feel for what event they'll play in. I think they'll play in Vegas next year. They're, they're looking to play in maybe uh, uh, the Bahamas the year after that. Some of those events are kind of scheduled to far out. You don't even know who's going to be in those events for the other mm-hmm. teams. But some of these the just single-game type deals, these are on a uh, done just months before the season starts. Yeah, okay, so level. Cross the fence with me, and let's talk politics and sports for just a second. The Texas legislature – bills are beginning to be filed we talked yesterday on the program with a state rep out of san antonio lyle larson who wants who's wants to mandate at least he filed a bill to require two state agencies who happen to have football teams at texas a&m the university of texas to play their game on an annual basis that to say the legislature can get involved in sports when they want to what do you think about a law that says if you're going to compete in a major five conference with with public institutions in Texas, like Texas Tech, like the University of Texas, University of Houston, etc., that your athletics departments at private schools are not uh, that whenever somebody files a public information request, then you've got to uh, you've got to meet that request. That you are no longer uh, outside the bounds of public information requests. And you're talking about like TCUs and the Baylors of the yeah, world? Yeah, let me like draw the, that out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the controversies at Baylor, for instance, and how if, you know, in my view, had something like that happened at Texas Tech, you could fill the lower bowl with the hard copies of requests that would come in from media agencies. But Baylor, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Art Browse here and there and the coaching search but nobody knows what happened uh where are you on yeah. that do you think that they ought to pony up on public informations at private institutions does that give a leg up to others on a competition basis well i'm i'm, I'm uncomfortable with with like the private schools being able to hide behind that i think that that's obviously when you're a public institution and you get money from the state to operate that's kind of the, the rules you, you play by um, it, it, it's tricky because in one way, I mean, if, if they're not taking public funds, then, then they shouldn't have to play by the same rules. But if, if, if we're going to speak to, if we're going to speak to the fact that does that it, it help TCU and Baylor? Did that did that help Baylor? Not help. That's the wrong word to use. But did that allow Baylor to operate the way they did for for many many 
years, uh, which was a bit sketchy. I think you know that that's that's uh, I think a fair assumption uh, based on people not being able to get into their business, um, mm-hmm. you know, and figure out exactly what happened and why it happened and how it happened and all that stuff. Um, so uh, because you know schools they, they the private institutions they hide behind that a lot. I mean you just can't you can't they're not bound to have to, to tell you anything if they don't want to. And that's, yeah. that part is, is tricky when it comes to uh, the controversies that we've seen at certain places. Well, I look forward to uh, uh, eventual state senator Chris Level filing a bill that private <laughs> schools are no longer exempt. Uh, there you go. Thanks for crossing the fence with me there, buddy. And have a great time on your trip. And uh, I no telling what's going to happen over the next seven hours. Glad that you made time to pre-record with us today. Hey, thanks, Jay. Appreciate you having me on, my man. All right, partner. And so not much changed over those seven hours. Still on the fence. My understanding is that there may be a presser this evening as we broadcast at satellite time, 538 p.m. as I speak to you right now Central Standard Time maybe a presser out of tech tonight about a sole finalist maybe not if not and why there's not been throughout the course of the day my understanding is right wrong or indifferent a rebellion amongst some donors and uh, maybe the athletics director trying to do some some back work on that what we're going to do here is get off and get in to a break and come back to you with Rager Gate and all the drama with Rager Gate with Sarah Self Warbrick from the Avalanche Journal. Couldn't Stick right where you are. You were staying with a grin to the sound of hailstones hitting ten. It's loud enough, you gotta yell now. The whole thing hits me like a song. Hey, it is November 29, which means it is my old sidekick, my good buddy, Clifford Big Boy Wilkes' birthday. I want to throw that little shout-out to Clifford Big Boy Wilkes. Uh, happy birthday. And now we go out to the lines and uh, going to get updated on what's going on with a new deal. The new deal, as it were to uh, help restructure, uh, reorganize the business there at Rager Dykes Auto Group. Uh, She is Sarah Self Warbrick from the Avalanche Journal. How are you, Sarah? I'm peachy, Jay. How are you doing today? Peachy? (laughs) Peachy. Well, I think it's only fitting that we play a little bit of uh, music with you. Okay, that works. Okay. Um, What do you got? It's called What Do You Got? I'm on the stage right now on 19th Street. Where do you live? You know why I live there? You know why I have that? You know why I got the chance? You know, you're bad enough. I don't play around. I'll work my ass off, and I take it seriously every day. What do you got? All right, Sarah. So here's what we've got is uh, what have we got here? It seems like a deal between former Lubbock Mayor Mark McDougal Rick Dykes, not mm-hmm. Bart Rager, but just Rick yeah. Dykes, and then Finn Hewing of North Texas automotive dealership fame, uh, all going in and 
trying to help reorganize the business? What does that mean? Rager Dykes continues on, or they're going to start their own business? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we will get specifics of the plan within the next few weeks, but during a court hearing today, it was announced that Mark McDougall, Rick Dykes, and Finn Ewing III are going to come together for an over $100 million reorganization plan for the dealership. Okay, so it could still be, so Rager Dykes could live on. Um, In a sense, um, it seems like it. Um, but during hear, the court where's, hearing. Where's Rager's oh, name? Um, so during the court hearing, they were casually referring to it as the McDougal Ewing Dykes auto group, or group, oh. not auto group, just group. So, again, um, this is, um, during today's court hearing, we're supposed to get news about a cell. And uh, we got this instead. So um, the tone in the room, um, everyone seemed pretty positive and happy with um, what they kept calling um, a good resolution. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting development today. Wow. So what do you got? What's So now we're in, like, Mark McDougal, a friend of the program, love Mark. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now Mark McDougal's uh, any car you want, huh? Well, so um, what we learned today um, in the court hearing, and then uh, Mark sent a statement out to everybody as well, but um, from what we were told, um, Bart Rager actually kind of initiated um, coming up with a group that could come in and do this. Um, In a statement, Mark said that he was approached because of his um, real estate and capital experience. And they have Um, a lot of real estate. Absolutely. Um, And obviously a big um, stake in downtown. Uh, which I'm sure was a key part of this decision. Uh, But they're hoping to um, get things reorganized, um, keep the employees they still have, and possibly bring back some others. So um, it seems like a solid plan. So, okay, for listeners who may not be in the know, Mm -hmm. what's Mark McDougall's interest in downtown? Well, Mark's father, Delbert McDougall, is the master planner and developer for our um, ongoing downtown redevelopment mm-hmm. efforts. Uh, Mark's also a part of the downtown TIF board, um, which is a group of um, mainly local business people who have interest in downtown who are doing their best to make it great again. So um, after the McDougal's finished up over in the Overton area, this has kind of been their next big project. And so um, this really falls in line with what they've been working on in the past few years anyway. So maybe Mark, it's in Mark McDougal's interest, and I don't mean that word in a nefarious way. I'm just talking straight-up interest. Like it's not in my interest for a haboob to come over the city at 5 p.m. every right. day. Okay? <laughs> right. And, and ruin satellite or uh, radio transmissions from the tower. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, Mark McDougal and the McDougals, Delbert, Mark, and the whole group, uh, they don't have an interest in seeing a lot of, like, people in who don't know about downtown, there's a lot of Rager Dykes assets down there, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't want to see that go to an outside group. Maybe that's one part of it. But the other side is you don't want to see these dominoes fall because it could mess up a, a huge initiative downtown. Absolutely. And, you know, I've talked with a lot of folks about um, the effect um, this bankruptcy case will have on downtown. Nobody has ever been too concerned about it, but um, obviously it was a question. And so I think that this kind of offers some security for um, the future of our redevelopment efforts, especially as we're ramping things up. 2020 is going to be a big year for downtown. 
Um, so having um, why? Well, we have Buddy Holly Hall will open in the first quarter okay. of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, they should break ground on the convention center hotel about the same time that Buddy Holly Hall is opening right across the street. We have a couple of other projects that'll either um, be wrapping up or kind of getting started around that time. So um, things are really, really gearing up down here. So um, it would have been unfortunate to see that stalled, and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So here's my curveball to you, Sarah. Sarah's okay. at Fort Brick and Avalanche Journal. When is Citizens Tower scheduled to open? Do you know? Summer 2019. Oh, okay. So that's not yeah. far away. No, it's really not. Not okay, far at all. So that's before. That's prior to 2020. Why does Ford reject this plan? Um, they didn't give us specifics. So they basically just said that um, they weren't pleased with it in its current state. Um, to my knowledge, everyone has the same information we were given in court. They have not officially filed this plan or anything like that. But um, Ford basically just said that they don't agree with it right now, but that they're willing to work through this. So um, who knows what their official problem is, but it seems like they've really worked together uh, as well as possible in the situation. So um, I'm sure they'll work towards a solution to make everybody happy. So you say that Bart Rager initiated this deal. That's what we were told. So why, let's do some insider baseball here. Why would he be initiating the deal? Because he wants more of these assets covered that are owed to Ford? Um, it was said during the hearing that, you know, every, the people involved in this um, really had the best interest of Lubbock and West Texas and the economy in mind. Um, so I think I, we will stick with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know, I've heard this about this case, mm-hmm. that the longer the civil end holds out, which we're talking about the civil right now. Yes. Okay. The longer the civil holds out, the longer the criminal will hold out. Um, that to say, do you know of any investigation that the Lubbock DA's office has undertaken into Rager Dykes? Is there an open case right now? Um, I know the rumors that everybody else has heard, um, but we have not been told officially of any investigation. Do you think, though, that there's an um, investigation? I'd rather not comment. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Sarah, that's the first time you've ever said those words on this program. I know, I know. I'm really, I'm really surprised. No, but, I'm not in the business of speculation. I'm here for facts, hey, so um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> hey, I'm not just a speculator in real life. I'm I'm a speculator behind the microphone as well. <laughs> uh, and what other details, folks that are following this closely, what do they need to know? Um... What else? Um, I mean, this was a huge development. So, you know, we went in expecting um, there was what was called a stocking horse bidder in place. Um, we've heard for the past few months. That, and that was uh, Cam were, Cam out of? Cam uh, Cad, yes, out Cam of Cad, the so. Dallas area as well. Um, and so basically all of that is put on hold. A lot of the bankruptcy stuff um, kind of will be. Um, the attorney for Rager Dykes is really um, emphasizing that um, this reorganization plan is going to um, change a lot of um, the ongoing issues in the bankruptcy case. And so um, a lot of that will be kind of put on pause as this is playing out over the next few weeks. So um, we should see some more court hearings um, probably after the holidays. Um, there were quite some back and forth um, trying to get things scheduled, but it seems like in January um, we'll be back in court 
hammering out these details, but um, this is a step in the right direction for yeah, sure. Yeah, so, okay, so, but on the civil side, mm-hmm. I, I get questions, I'm sure you get peppered with questions all the time mm-hmm. about what who's going to jail? Somebody's going to jail, who's going to jail? When do you really think, now that you've seen this process play out, and you just said, you mm-hmm. know, we'll be back in January, mm-hmm. when do you think this turns to the criminal side? Assuming it does, and I think that's a pretty good assumption, when do you see that uh, as you look at 2019 right now? About the time that we're breaking ground on different things in 2020, is that when we're going to see downtown? Is that when we're going to see some criminal stuff begin to unfold? Well, we know that um, some of the civil cases, so the original case of Ford versus Rager Dykes and some of the subsidiary cases that have come from that, um, are looking at 2020 court trial hearings. Um, frankly, I mean, I think everybody in Lovett can say uh, it, we haven't seen a case like this. It's hard to say what that's going to look like, but um, we know that this is going to be going on for a few years at least. Yeah. She is Sarah Self Warbrick. Follow her along, Sarah from The AJ. Correct. Yeah, on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate it, Sarah. Of course. Thanks, Jade. It's just so hard. People ask me all the time, what's the latest scoop on on <laughs> Ragergate? And I don't know. There's nothing. It's I just know. kind of it, stale right now. It, it has been very, very slow. Um, but, again, this was a great development today. Well, there you go. Sarah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Of appreciate course. You. Thanks, Jade. As always, Sarah Self Warbrick. Hey, uh, stick with us. Going to break down what tomorrow is going to bring. A couple more notes that you want to stay in tune for. 90 seconds from now, right back. It's some Robert Earl. Just a little bit to you. Some Robert Earl King. See you in a couple of minutes. We have to work away. We got to set up right. A gringo honeymoon. I did not realize this, so I was talking to folks today. Did you know that some of these suites at the Texas Tech games, you're talking six games, okay? Like, maybe four of them conference. Three of them. Thirty-five grand is what's paid for those things. And I've been in them, and they're great, And uh, but I've not paid myself for them. Whew. That's, uh, that's some steep stuff. Uh, again, I want to play for you our new intro song. What's your thoughts? It's getting too late in the program for you to chime in, but give you one more listen. Your thoughts, Jay, at Other Side of Texas. And also, as I say that, all of your thoughts, like, you have stuff going on. I know that people listen to this across I-35, east of I-35, in the North Texas and South Texas, East Texas, as well as the metropolitan areas, you got an other side of Texas issue. You can also always email me, jay at othersideoftexas.com. We got a team of interns coming on in the spring. We want to do, you know, we want to entertain, but we also want to give you some information that makes this program must listen to radio and uh, must listen to podcasts, as it were. And by the way, I want to thank Anchor, a new sponsor to the program anchor is where we now host our our uh, our podcast and well where we post to uh, post our website and through whom we post our podcast to any place in which any platform in which you can find podcasts that's uh, android that's google that's um, 
Apple, anywhere you can find a podcast. But it's all done through Anchor, and they do great work. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> back to the intro song. Play it one more time. Our friend Weston Guitar Taylor, and it sounds like this. Of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll along. Yeah, hey, I I dig it. I'm I'm down with it. Rave on, buddies. Rave on. Uh, Listen, speaking of raving on, buddies, I got to get home. Gonna get home. Cowboys and Saints tonight. The boys are all geeked out. They're already in their jerseys. Got their math homework done, according to Mrs. Leeson and her correspondence during this program. And I want to thank Chris Level and Sarah Self Warbrick for contributing to this edition of the show. It's always up on the podcast next, uh, always the morning after. You can go in and uh, pass along with friends. We appreciate you doing that. We're just here to have a good time and to rave on and uh, keep on raving on buddies appreciate you sharing the show we'll see you next edition of other side of texas thinking we're going to get brandon darby who's down at tijuana right now uh with um with this big group of folks who are seeking to get into the country uh you know we're going to get in with him in the caravan and what he's seeing uh, so just stick with us tomorrow on the program. We'll see you then. It's who we want to be.